Welcome to the Career After COVID podcast, preparing for success after the pandemic, with Fleur Hull and Kim Koreljevic. Hi, Kim. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, Fleur. Um, I'm yeah. I've had a pretty quiet week, in all honesty. Um, I've had a few ups and downs, kind of like not feeling fabulous, and I think just being a bit hard on myself, <laughs> yeah. you know, as you do. Yeah. Um, it's just not being used to being in this situation, right? It's new. So yeah. uh, my default position is to, you know, blame myself for everything going wrong in the world at the moment. So, yeah, um, pretty yeah I have to get yes. up that. I wanted to, um, we did do this for the first episode and I kind of overlooked it last episode, but just starting off with a shout out to all of the healthcare and frontline workers who are still very much in the thick of, the coronavirus outbreaks and pandemic. I think um, it's, you know, we're we're having a reasonably good run here in Australia and certainly uh, where I am and I think where you are, there's not a sense that people are being overrun by this virus. Um, And I just wanted to, you know, recognise and and be grateful for those people who are are out there wherever they are in the world uh, and around Australia. And also those who are doing it tough because they're in a disadvantaged or unhealthy living situation. I think, um, you know, we all have our moments, which you've just alluded to, um, but we're safe, you and I, and I think there's quite a few people out there who are not feeling safe and I just wanted to um, recognise and um, send them some love um because uh it's definitely a thing that's going on with this pandemic with people being locked up and and uh, not able to to have their freedom in ways that they're used to so shouting out to them nice i agree i think um particularly being in isolation i've got no sense of what it means to be on the front line I don't know what those hospital rooms look like or feel like. So, you know, it is a bit of an alien concept. So absolutely, these are people that are doing immense work and, you know, deserve all the praise and support that they can get. So Yeah, and look, I think um, Donald Trump is um, coming up with some great cures today, (laughs) we've seen. So, uh, you know, I think the frontline health workers will be really delighted once the uh, injections of disinfectant go through and, and they can uh, get everyone cured and, and we can all go back to normal. So, Why didn't we think of that earlier? Just, it is kind <laughs> Seriously, of we're not thinking. no words, isn't it? This is not a political podcast, but, wow, you, you just have to put that <laughs> out, don't you? Although you don't, I, I actually don't want to give him bandwidth, but at the same time, no. it's just so outrageous. <laughs> I have to mention it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on to what's in this episode. Um, we're just going to revisit who this podcast is for because we get chatting and, you know, I think we had a sense of who we're talking to to begin with and I think we've stayed reasonably close to that but it's a good idea just to, to remember what sort of people we're thinking about kind of talking to with what we're on about. Maybe we're just talking to ourselves. Uh, no, we have got a few listeners already, which is great to see. Thank you, listeners. Um, an update on where we're at uh, with our journeys and also um, I guess a bit more of a focus on choosing self-employment as your future and this comes back to, and perhaps we'll get on to this now, um, revisiting who this podcast is for. Um, I think really when we conceived of this, Kim, uh, even though we had lost 
jobs where we were kind of salaried employees um, and initially probably were thinking we were going through a, a phase of just gearing ourselves up for another salaried role somewhere down the track, which is not out of the question. But I think really where we've got to is that this is our opportunity to explore perhaps what we really want to do. And I think for both of us, that probably involves some level of self-employment, coming up with a product or service idea and um, creating businesses that will, in your case, you know, go global. That's your sort of goal. For, in my case, I right. guess something a little bit more lifestyle-oriented that will give me the flexibility to spend time with my kids and those sorts of things. So... I guess we really want to talk about more about the people who are thinking of career changes, thinking of a change in direction, whether that's into self-employment or gearing up for something different from what they've done, because I think there's plenty of resources out there for people who, say, lost their job as, I don't know, a hotel receptionist and are just waiting around for it the hotel receptionist jobs to gear up again and, and apply for one of those jobs. Um, sorry, that's just an example. I, I don't know if you can think of other things, but, you know, we're, we're, we've conceived of this podcast, I think, to, to help people think about where they want to go and what their working life might look like after this pandemic is over or ostensibly over. Did you want to add to that? Um, no, I think I think you're spot on, and I just think in the last two podcasts, if anything, we've probably distilled or refined or, you know, iterated what this is really going to focus on, and I think we're definitely getting to that point where yeah. it's about, you know, where are we heading to next, and it does really feel like what we are talking about is being our own bosses creating yeah. our own businesses and it's not just about you know finding another job now as much as I say that I am still trying to find another job but there's definitely this sort of fire in me at this point in time um through this isolation where it is like it's the the ideas of that self-employment and creating businesses is really burning and it's at the forefront like that's kind of where I feel like I'm really pushing myself towards and um so yeah I, I agree I think this is what this podcast is definitely refined itself to be about I yep. would agree with that great it's great I'm good yeah I, I knew we we're on the same page but I thought for our listeners day I'd just reiterate yeah. that so that people understood where we're coming from and um mm -hmm. yeah, hopefully along the way we'll we'll have some ideas for the people that are listening that might help them clarify where they're at and uh, where they might like to head. So that's really the goal of, of why we're here. Um, the other thing I wanted to do is take a moment, I guess, just to, um, to sit with the, the situation that we're in because I think uh, a lot of the, the talk that I'm hearing about people, what they're going through at the moment is, is a form of grief. And I've always been one to um, mark transitions. I've really always tried to mark transitions in my life in my later years because I think it gives you a chance to sort of farewell what you've lost or given away. 
and to welcome into your life whatever the future might bring. So there's a grief process and I think when you call it that you can you can help to manage some of the feelings about the loss of certainty I think is a big one. I think there's so many things that we took for granted that were certain in our lives. So, you know, we were always, I think, conscious of the big stuff changing, whether it was the economy or, you know, global politics or... But just the idea that we wouldn't be able to go down and have a glass of wine with our friends at the pub. I don't think anyone thought we would ever live in a world where that was kind of what we were going through. So it's those uncertainties around the day-to-day that um, I think a lot of people are grieving. So I'm, I'm certainly taking the time out to recognise that there's a grief in the process that we're going through. And, yeah, I guess celebrating the transition itself, that we're all learning what the new normal is for the world, for our community and for us as individuals. How's your grief? Yeah. I, yeah, look, it's interesting that you use the word grief because I think offline before I was saying how like this week I've had the odd tear or two and been up and down and kind of retreated, you know, you know, it, when I say inside the house, I mean, I don't really leave the house that often, but I mean, upstairs in the back bedroom and office space and you know, not, not sort of coming out very often and which is very not like me. And, um, and feeling kind of a little bit despondent and, and I think, yeah, those processes of grief are probably like a very apt description for this sort of topsy-turvy feeling. And I mean, you know, I, I feel like I've got a lot that's going quite well and a lot I can be happy about, right? Like I should be grateful about, but at the same time, I just have these overwhelming waves of kind of a bit of sadness and, you know, despondency. And I think, yeah, yeah by thinking about it is in terms of grief and if, you know, you want to look into it further about the different stages and how to, like, you know, live through those different stages, I think that's really helpful. And it's very helpful to me when you describe it that way, honestly, Fleur, because it didn't, because we're in the middle of those kind of feelings, you don't really think about it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's made me sort of go, yeah, sure, that's probably what I've been doing, you know. Yeah. Like you don't have that sense of um, objectivity yourself yes. until yes. someone else can point it out. So it's really helpful, I think, yeah. to hear it from you that way. So, yeah. Yeah, And it reminds good. me as well just to um, recognise as well the people out there who are dealing with um, the real grief of having lost someone to the disease or, or otherwise. Um, you know, I've heard from a couple of people who have um, had, you know, people close to them pass away in the last month or so and not being able to actually farewell loved ones uh, because of the pandemic. So that creates a whole nother layer of grief that you just can't even imagine so um yeah yeah I, th- I think it's a topic you know that that probably needs to be explored and, and certainly lots of journalists and, and writers are doing that um much more thoroughly I guess than we can do on this podcast but I, I wanted to just flag it as something that's part of I think what so many of us are going through so um we should yeah. find to ourselves yeah I um 
I read a lot of um, Psychology Today, which is like an online journal and a lot of psychologists write. And there's a certain few that I follow and um, psychologists, you know, from like yeah. Duke University and, you know, all the, all the biggies and they're really amazing. And, um, you know, they talk about, you know, it's not, it wasn't so much grief, but it was, you know, when you're in these states of anxiety or panic and your body's like flooded with all sorts of chemicals that are just pushing you towards fight or flight, you've got no real chance of making any kind of rational decision or uh, solutions. You know, you're not going to find a good solution to a problem. So you've got to kind of push yourself into a different emotional state of one that's, you know, more relaxed or happy. And then you can, uh, you get that clarity back. So it is that kind of, you know, take the pressure off yourself if you are feeling stressed or anxious. I think we've said this before. You do yeah. kind of have to do that and you kind of have to go, don't even try and make decisions right now or try and push. You just have to find a way to get through that and whatever your tactics are, whether it's breathing or whatever, um, and it's only when you come out of that and you're back into a more, you know, state of equilibrium or you can, you know, go and do something that, watch a funny movie, I don't know, like just, you know, dumb things on Facebook. But you you have to get yourself back into a more relaxed mental state in order to start making clear decisions and thoughts or just clear thought, not even decisions, yeah. but just yeah. clear thought. And not, you know, because you go into this sort of beating yourself up mode when you're in that way. But, um, yeah, so... Lots of good advice again from um, all the experts, but I think it's just wading through a lot of advice at the moment. It is, isn't it? Is, yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of that out. So yes, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And I think um, we've talked about this before as well. That there's, you know, there's a uh, a level of shame, I guess, and and perhaps guilt that comes along with the situation that you can find yourself in. So you know, it's it's hard, as we said, to say, hey, I'm unemployed. Um, but yeah, the, the gratitude is, I guess, the thing that I try and focus on rather than feeling, uh, you know, ashamed or, or guilty about where I'm at. Um, cause I know I've got stuff to offer employers or people or clients. Um, so, you know, things, opportunities will present themselves down the track and, uh, I'm certainly trying to focus on that rather than, um, beating myself up about um, missing out on, you know, having a more stable job uh, in the past. So, yeah, it is. It's, it's trying to turn it into gratitude, but it can be easier said than done. Can I ask you, when you say gratitude, practising gratitude, yeah. Do you have a process? You know how some people have a gratitude journal or they just say it out loud or, you know, they just yeah, wake up every day and go, these are the things I'm grateful for because it does kind of really open you up when you say those things. So how do you practice gratitude? What's your process uh, for that? Yeah, I, that's a really good question. I, um, when I was really suffering from very bad anxiety when um, I first moved to Sydney about 15 years ago, um, I, I got into the practice of, of doing those sort of affirmations um, and saying what I was grateful for. And I am conscious of it now with my kids as well, sort of helping them to be grateful. But I just find after a while it just feels a little bit trite. Um, oh. Like I just, because I, I'm, I'm grateful for the same things kind of every day. Um, 
And I'm, I feel like I'm trying to trick my brain into being all happy and positive if, if I'm needing to sort of be in that space. And maybe that's not the right way to go about it. But the thing that has worked for me is more of the self-talk around reassuring myself. Um, and the, the thing that I say to myself, and in those times when I felt really discombobulated, is I am worthy. Because I think the story that we often tell ourselves is that we're not worthy. People talk us down or hurt us along the way and we think we're not worthy of a good job or we're not worthy of a good relationship or we're not worthy of success or a happy family life or whatever the little story that we tell ourselves that we get going on inside our own heads. And when I'm, yeah, needing a bit of a kind of pick-me-up, and just a, a, mem- a reminder to focus on what I have and what I deserve, that's the thing that I say to myself. And sometimes I, I say it out loud and I have written it down as well, you know, that whole idea of us all communicating with ourselves in different ways and when we write it down, it, you know, activates a different yeah. of the brain, all of that. So maybe it sounds a bit nutty, but that is, has been what's really worked for me rather than saying... Um, and I think, you know, part of it is that I, I don't know, I, I, I am always really, I, I think it's become a habit for me, the whole gratitude thing, in a way that means when I, when I consciously do it, it feels a bit forced. Right. But right. maybe that's because I've had a good week. I'm saying that. <laughs> I got my super early superannuation payment approved. I know you did too. And it's yeah. terrible, isn't it, that $10,000 has just yeah. changed my level of, of kind of worry about things. I just feel like I've got that backstop and I'm really, if I spend any of it, it's only going to be on things that are going to help me kind of grow some sort of business idea mainly yeah maybe a couple of retreats yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but um like I think just again it just removes some of that uncertainty about how I'm going to pay my bills and stuff like that and you know I can pay my dad back now for the money for my car um service so just you know like I can just be a bit more of an adult um so, yeah, I've had a good week and and so maybe that's why I can say what I've just said. But um, yeah. I do know that those words have really helped me when I've felt very undeserving of good things um, along the way. Well, that's good. That's good. I feel like with gratitude with me, it's just a process of saying it. Like I don't feel like when I'm doing it or saying it or writing it, that I'm trying to raise my vibration in any way. You know what I mean? Like it's not, I don't feel like I, I think I read a lot into the whole, you know, like I do like to explore and rip things apart, but why gratitude has so many good benefits to it. And um, for me, just the process of saying it or writing it down, it's not like I even have to attach any emotion to it. It kind of unlocks something very deep in my subconscious and so I just find just saying it kind of opens, unlocks something. I don't know what it is. It's so I don't, yeah, I don't attach mine 
to anything emotional. It's quite, isn't that funny? Like we, it's a whole, you know, say your gratitude bits and the way you see it and do it and the way I see and do it are two different versions again of, you know, what's right for everybody as individuals, you know, like, so it's nice that there's not a prescribed formula for doing these things. And yeah, I'm really glad you asked that question because it is, it is good to know what others are doing in that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just yeah. always wonder about the nuts and bolts of how I think um you know Gabby Bernstein Gabrielle Bernstein she's one of those American sort of positivity people and I've sort of read quite a bit of her stuff and I I'll try and dig it out but and I, I'll post it on the Facebook site but she does talk quite a bit about gratitude and she obviously said a few things that triggered the kind of scientific interest I have so uh, yeah I'll try and pull it out to give a bit more context to yeah. how I think about it but Anyway, yeah, so fabulous that we both sort of approach it in our own way that works for us and we've discovered how it works for us. Yeah, yeah, so yeah no, I'm really glad we had that conversation. Yeah, 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 it's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Mm. The next thing I want to talk about is this um, thing that we've been saying, I guess, about the thrust of, of why we're here on this podcast about finding a, some sort of self-employment future. For ourselves and, and potentially helping our listeners to do that as well. Um, one of the things that I, an exercise I went through this week was just thinking about some of those critical questions I need to ask myself to work out what sort of business to set up. Um, and obviously in the back of my mind, I'm wondering whether this podcast might turn into something more than just this podcast, that we might be able to help people through some written materials and um, e-books and those sorts of things. So that's sort of one component of it. But I guess I want to, you know, ask myself about who, back to that whole thing of who I am and what I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to post some of the questions I've been, I'm going to read them out now, some of the questions. I've just sort of gathered these off a range of um you know, different sites that pull this sort of stuff together, but I'll reference the ones that I've um that I've grabbed or referenced them on the um, the Facebook group. Um, some of them I just have kind of known all along and I'm just actually documenting them and, and writing them down properly in the list for the first time. But So here's some of them. What are you naturally good at? What do people regularly ask you for help with? What have you succeeded at in the past? And what do you find easy that others might find hard? Okay. Um, and I guess related to that, or, you know, what do you have expertise in? So what certifications or qualifications do you have? What, you know, sorts of employment experiences, jobs have you held and have you done any research projects or, um, you know, pulled together information into reports that, that gives you a level of expertise in an area? What are you deeply passionate about? Mm-hmm. So I strongly believe dot, dot, dot. Um, what causes are you into? What do you support? Um, or what's an outcome that you'd like to see in your life or in the world? Who do you love to serve? So they're particular groups of people that you love to be in contact with and, and help. Uh, particular age group or people with a specific challenge 
people from a specific geographical area uh, and related to that, who of them could you help or impact based on your expertise and passions? So they were just some of the, the, the questions that I started to explore this week and I just found that list helpful in getting my brain going. And I guess I come down to two things that I want to kind of explore and test. Uh, for me, one of them is around the fact that I am someone that people ask about career and workplace advice, even though I'm not trained as, like I'm not qualified in human resources. I've done management studies um, and I've employed dozens of people over the years um, and obviously had my own jobs and, and, you know, been an employee as well and seen it from that side. Seen my parents run businesses with all of their employment issues um, and I'm just naturally fascinated with people's career paths. When I meet someone new and they tell me what they do, I, I almost always ask them, you know, how did you get to where you are, what made you decide to be what you are or what was the path that brought you to where you are today um, so yeah working out whether that's something that I can um, you know and with your help hopefully Kim because this seems yeah. to be working out okay on the podcast um, yeah. go into that space and, and given your experience with helping um, university students in particular to work out their own um you know, startup ideas and get a sense of their own entrepreneurial spirit and ideas. Um, anyway, that's that's sort of one of the things. And then on the other side, I'm I'd love to be a maker. I love art and craft. Yeah, I, uh, I can I get create yeah. stuff. I want to yeah. create and and do something beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, they're my two big kind of pathways that I have to explore. And, and look, I don't have to rule either out if they're both viable, but um, I probably have only got the, the bandwidth to explore one seriously at the moment. Um, but anyway, that, they, they were the questions that helped me start to think about those things. Um. Yeah, did you have any comments on the questions? Yeah, no, I, 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 love, I love a good series of questions. Yeah. Like it helps frame your thinking. Like I love it. And you know what's interesting is um, there were questions that you said that I resonated with so much more than others. Yes. As you read them, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, I wouldn't answer that question. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I don't care about that. Um, mm. And then when you talked about, you know, your interest in helping people with career and stuff. And then you said, but I'm not, you know, qualified or I haven't got a degree in that area or something. That kind of almost mirrored my thinking on the question. So I liked the questions where it was about your passion and your heart. And then you were talking about, oh, what have I had jobs in before? Or what am I skilled in? And I was like, oh, bleh, I don't want to know about that. <laughs> you yeah. know, because I feel like I've had jobs yeah. and I'm skilled at things that I actually don't like doing. You know, like I'm yeah. actually pretty good. <laughs> quite a lot of stuff that I hope I never have to do again. Yeah, but, true. Um, true. And then you've just summarised it with what you want to do, like, you know, help people with their careers, even though you don't, you know, you're not 
trained in HR. Well, so what? You've got a passion and a love and people come to you for that. I mean, that's a great recipe for success right there. And yeah, so I, I mean, you are, are you going to post all of those questions? Yeah, I will. I feel like I will. I will. Do that. Yeah. 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 I love, I love that. And I love, you know, there's that kind of professional helping people, but yeah, getting your hands into stuff, the maker thing. And oh. I don't know, that's all sort of coming out and everyone at the moment yeah. isolated and we're all kind of feeling like we want to go back to baking and cooking and kneading dough. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there's something, yeah, very creating. I, I feel like I want to create product, not See, before I'd be like, oh, I'm going to create a service, not a product. Whereas yeah. now I'm like, damn, I want a product. I want a product. You know what I, I think a you're product. a product girl. I really do. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. Have yeah. Great have product insight. I think you're all over the product. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like both, but at the moment I'm feeling very producty. Very yeah. producty. But, um, well, you could do both. No, I, I, just, I just feel like I've, I've always sensed you come up with really interesting product ideas and I think, you know, some of what you've got on the boiler now could be pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Some of the, pretty freaking funny and I will share them at some point because feedback from consumers is everything, right? But yes. um, no, I, my feedback about your questions and your process was I love it and I, I want the questions and um, I'll probably force my sister to sit down Lisa, sit down. I've got an exercise. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be doing it too and we'll all be down doing it. And, um, yeah, there was some that I really, yeah. I I can't remember. I think who you want to serve is also a really critical one because I think it starts to pin down a potential target market which then enables you to really drill down into the, the idea's viability. So on the career yeah. side of things, just to, from my own perspective, um, I, I, I really do love talking to young people because there's so much you can help them with that they, they're just so new to thinking about stuff. Every time I talk with, you know, whether it's my physiotherapist's daughter, you know, who's, who's trying to work out what sort of work experience to get during her uni degree or whatever, like you just give them a couple of ideas and they're like, oh, wow, you know, like I had no idea I could do that or ask that or, you know, whatever. Um, But then I think in the context, and and that's a group that is obviously going to be really impacted by the pandemic. So they're absolutely a currently needy group Um, because you can imagine if you're about to graduate now or you've just graduated and thinking, oh, well, you know, I'll start you know, kids who finished um, uni in December last year and thought, oh, I'll go overseas, you know, over January and then come back and get get stuck into, you know, doing something in my career in February, March, and boom. Um, but then also I think that the people who are probably more in that sort of demographic like us, um, 40s uh, or thereabouts, wink, wink. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> 39 forever. Um, That's right. <laughs> who, um, yeah, who, who have kind of, yeah, are thinking about, well, hang on, you know, is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? 
Um, I don't like using the term midlife crisis, but I think it's probably a real thing where you reassess where you're at and maybe it's hitting some people, what's hitting a lot of people obviously at the perfect time now because it's the pandemic is getting them, giving them the opportunity whether they ask for it or not for them to think about, you know, what's next and, and really how they want to see out the next 20 years of their working life or 15 or 20. See, the interesting thing is too about working life and, you know, midlife crisis, well, I kind of think, you know, 45, 50, that is literally midlife with the way medical science and everything is going right. Like, so both sides of my family, really long lives. I think my grandmother was like 90, 95, and then on my father's side, like so, you know, in Europe, I mean, I don't know, like close to 100, right? So longevity is a big thing. So I'm planning on the same yardage kind of thing. Yeah. You know? um, so I literally am halfway. So I've got everything I've just done all over again yet. So I, I'm kind of like, oh, my God, I've got to do this all again. And for me now to be sort of going, oh, well, too bad, so sad, I left that thinking a bit late. Whereas I'm kind of thinking, oh, should I get to start again? You know, like I'm trying to think oh, of it that yeah. way. Absolutely. Like I think that's the opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, going, I've got to do this all again. Like whatever I missed last time, I can have a crack at this time. And I don't know, I think the way the world is now in terms of technology, health, you know, see, imagine that in five years, ten years, like it's just going to be an unknown yet again. And, yeah, I, I, I keep reading too, like, and I'm, you know, it's on LinkedIn and God knows where else, but lots of, lots of age discrimination in employment and, you know, when employment plummets, that's a big thing. And I read it and I go, oh, my God, like, it's terrifying. And then I go, hang on a minute. This is like two damn articles amongst yeah. how many articles that I'm reading about employment, right? Like, so, but, you know, so you kind of like focus in and magnify these few bad things. And I like go, well, you know, we need to tip that on the head and rethink it and um yeah so I feel like Fleur I know you know you you the young people but I feel like people that are at this trans it's a transition yeah it's not a midlife it's a transition yeah um <laughs> just second stage career second life I don't know how to say it but I'm just trying to you know it's, there's a positivity to it like yeah. you can go back to university you know what I mean have yeah. another crack at it. Why not? Yeah. Like, you know, I, it, there's no rules, you know, and I think that's what the future will be about. Like in 20 years' time when people look back and go, oh, my God, these people thought they were washed up, but, you know, they only had one career in them. My God, you know, it's, yeah. You can tell that's been on my mind because I've just sort of ranted about it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. It's relevant. You know what I'm saying? And I think like, the other thing is that the whole idea of, um, you know, being in that midlife range and having to front up to an employer. Um, yeah. Is, is obviously we have to keep that in our minds because we are still applying for jobs. Um, exactly. But there's also, um, you know, and this idea of kind of self-employment and coming up with our own business, it's, it's yeah. not an issue. What I will yeah. say is that one of the things that I'd started to realise in my career as a marketer 
is mm-hmm. that because I've become more of a generalist, this is back to the whole thing about the generalist. So I'm, you know, I'm master's level qualified in marketing and I've done a lot of marketing in my career. But my really hardcore, full-on, you know, managing a team, managing a big budget, those days are kind of probably 10-plus years ago before I had kids or even, yeah, yeah. even before I you know so so I actually haven't even though I've been doing lots of online courses and tinkering around in other roles with you know some of the 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 modern the modern tools the the modern tools (laughs) in your tool belt yes that's like some like so old-fashioned seminar You have tools in your tool belt, people. Don't you forget, you know how to process words. Actually, <laughs> what I was trying to get at is actually sorry, <laughs> actually running my own little show, even if it's just for six months, where I really set something up and have to go back to the basics of re, you know, re-looking at the Facebook ads, re-looking at the Google AdWords, you know, Instagram, all that sort of um, web analytics, all that stuff that I've that I know, um, but I haven't really done in any full-on way in recent years. That in itself is going to help me get back into the job market if that's what I decide to do, because I will have that updated experience doing stuff hands-on. So it's sort of a double win as far as I'm concerned, going out on this sort of self-employment path, at least short term. No, that's that's exactly right. And I 100% agree. Like it's been a while since I've had to do any of those sorts of tasks and, you know, data analytics and all the rest of it. But um, you're absolutely right. Do your own thing. You can be your own referee. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> <If> you do. <laughs> you just need a silent co-founder. Um, to do all that kind of dirty work referee stuff. Oh, talk to my co-founder. Um, <laughs> you do set yourself up for success right now that way. Um, well, you're absolutely right. I think it's a fantastic approach. I think that's amazing. You know, doing your own thing gives you that experience and the runs on the board in the real world, which is what the most meaningful, impactful kind of um, best foot forward is that you can have. Yeah, yeah. no, I think it's a great point. Absolutely mm. fantastic point. Mm. So um, I guess, yeah, we're sort of getting close to the end of this episode. We're trying to keep them under 40 minutes uh, or thereabouts. Um, I, one thing I wanted to just say, I guess, something that I've been thinking about a lot this week um, as well as I go through this process is just a reminder that perfection is the enemy of progress. It's an old cliche, but I just think it's really so true particularly in this time of the pandemic because I'm trying not to get bogged down in having everything absolutely perfect before I take the next step and I mean I'm pretty proud in a way that we got this podcast going without being too precious about structure and what it was going to look like in the beginning and and that's evolving and I think we're getting into a rhythm now so I want to try and just do stuff and try and learn from it and iterate and 
um, and fail a bit if I have to and, and then recalibrate. That's sort of, I guess, what I'm trying to stick to as I move forward at the moment. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's really good. And I think you, you did a masterful job on getting this podcast up <laughs> really quick. We just had a chat and you were like, right, are you good to go tomorrow? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I can talk for hours. So, hey. <laughs> but that's the great thing about doing it. Yeah. Because not everyone would, like I think, you know, there's, there's plenty of people that I could podcast with about all sorts of things. I mean, I feel like doing 10 of these now, just having even having a chat with my mum every week and recording it. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. she's so funny in yeah. a totally quaint sort of old-fashioned way. Um, but but like for her, she's very much a planner, uh, so she would she would have to know like three days ahead what was on the agenda, and she would want to rehearse and you know all that sort of stuff. Where oh, she no. and I would just get on the mic. <laughs> just have a go I'm, I, I used to always say I'm better in um better in performance than rehearsal you know oh, so um, yeah, yeah I've always lived my life <laughs> sometimes to my detriment but you know oh, yeah, um yeah. it means you're willing to have a crack when you you yeah, know do all the yeah absolutely yeah. yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. No, good all yeah, right no, do you want to finish with anything or um um no I'm just um Again, I'm like, I think I was going to say pull up my socks a bit, but um, no, I'm just going to sort of keep cruising through and not um, oh, not put ridiculous stress and pressure on myself and, you know, beat myself up anymore, like which I tend to, that's my default position. Yeah. Um, and try and, um, you know, look at getting some of these other ideas I've got off the ground too. And, yeah, just striking out and doing it. Yep. Not overthinking. Don't yep. overthink. That's my that's my week ahead. Not overthinking. Yeah, and you know, just in terms of any products that you're coming up with, Shopify has a free ninety. They've extended their free trial from fourteen to ninety. Oh, cool! Amazing. So you've got three months where you can even be earning and not paying yeah. up from your little percentage, but you're not paying for your hosting. So it's a great okay. time in my opinion. I'm not getting a kickback. Um, just to try stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Use up all these free tools, but no, you you should get a job for Shopify because yeah, I, I'm, I'm affiliate deal going there. Yeah. I think I'm a pretty big fan. Yeah. So <laughs> good to talk to you, Kim. Stay yes, well, and I will. Um, look forward to chatting to you again uh, next week. Thanks so much for your time and uh, all your insight. Yeah. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye.